We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All righty, I'm not famous, I'm just Ray Ellis. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. It's always a beautiful day in the Valley. It's a special day for me. I get a chance, of course, to talk about one of the games that I love. Of course, that is football. But I, I also get a chance to talk about what my first love was when it came to sports as a kid. And that was baseball. And, uh, you know, I, I, when I was a kid, you know, I think perhaps maybe a lot of times uh, people aren't aware of when you're when you're participating in a sport, when you set out to play a sport. If you're not being groomed by somebody that that knows the ins and outs of the game and 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 and, and the expectations and the growth and the time it takes to develop you can miss out on some things. And I, and I think not only myself, but I'm going to tell you, I, I know I have a brother. Shout out to my brother, Roy. Uh, I can do this. It's my show, Rail of Sports. And my brother, Roy, who celebrated a birthday not long ago, a couple of days ago, same day I got struck by lightning, August 10th, 1980. I got struck by lightning, so you all should remember that. But, man, my brother was a great baseball player, just didn't stick with it. But I tell you what, I got somebody on the line with me today, has great potential, uh, Damn outstanding baseball player uh, throughout his high school career. Uh, young man out of Gilbert, Arizona. I'm talking about none other than Stephen Tarpley. Stephen, you there? Hey, I'm here. How, how are you, young man? I'm doing good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing wonderful. I, 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 I've been trying to get this interview for so long. Of course, for those of you out there who don't know, this young man uh, is out of uh, Gilbert High School in, in Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, a southpaw was drafted by the Indians in the eighth, one of my favorite teams, the Cleveland Indians in the eighth round uh, of this year's uh, baseball, Major League Baseball draft. But uh, you've been busy this summer. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you spent some time in New Mexico uh, about a week or so ago. Am I correct? Uh, yes, sir. I was there for the Connie Mack World Series. It's like a big 18U tournament that uh, about 2,800 teams get to try out for and about eight teams get to make. Uh, it, was, it was very high stakes. We got second place as the Firebirds uh, lost last game tragically 11-1 or I think it was like 11-2. Um, but yeah, it was a good one, good run. Um, I got the all-tournament team pitcher for that tournament, so I'm very happy to uh, bring that back to Arizona. But uh, 
yeah, had a lot of fun there. Yeah, and I understand that, uh, you know, even the way you made your approach, you know, some people, their their reputation kind of precedes them on their way to an event. And uh, by the way, before you got down there to, to New Mexico, in order for your team to, to qualify, I believe you pitched four games. Am I correct? I pitched about uh, four or five games. And, 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 okay, and, uh, and I, I, w- I want to say this. In those four games, or, uh, let's say maybe five, but I know four for sure. Uh, am I correct? They were four shutouts? Um, they were four shutouts, yes. Uh, I ran a zero ERA for the whole summer. Say that again, please, Mr. Tarpley. You ran a what? A zero ERA. <laughs> okay, in case you guys out there don't understand that, that means there was no earned runs. Nobody earned a run off this young man. Nothing went out the park. Nothing went past first base. Man. Okay, keep going. Tell me a little bit more about that experience. Um, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was just kind of like a rush these past, this past summer, uh, getting watched by all the, all the scouts and, you know, kind of going to the games and playing against these, like, tough, all-around great baseball players that are pretty much the top guys in the nation and uh doing well against them was just kind of it's kind of freaky at the end now to look back at it and you know think about my whole season but uh no i really enjoyed it though it was a lot of fun a lot of pressure but it's what i live for though well let me ask you this uh you know it's been a pretty you know intense summer in terms of your career and and what you're you've decided to do and i i believe if i'm not mistaken again i don't want to be you came to some conclusions you and your family of course um came to some tough decisions uh but you made one last night is that correct uh yes um i don't know if you knew but i was drafted eighth round by the cleveland indians of course i that's one of my favorite teams i was following that you know i know that one (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah, uh, made a tough decision last night, turned down Cleveland, and now I'm SC bound, so very excited about that. Well, up uh, Southern California here in a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm sure the USC Trojans and the head coach out there is very excited about having you on the roster. You're talking about a young man coming out of high school uh, and, and throwing it down upwards of, of 90 plus miles an hour and, and, and a softball doing that as well. Uh, you know, without getting into any of the financial issues or anything like that, Stephen, please tell us some idea of, you know, how difficult is that kind of decision to make? What what was some of the thought process you went through in, in terms of deciding, am I going to go pro? Am I or am I going to go uh, go on to USC and become a USC Trojan and and you know make that decision to play pro ball later? Right, um, man, it was it was actually one of the hardest decisions of my life. Um, keep my mind off of it, it was super tough. But uh, um, let's see, I, we pretty much had to look at the overall grouping of likes and dislikes about. Oh, we pretty much just compared the two. Um, Cleveland being go now, you get all you get into the minor league system right now, and you get your three years started. You get your pro league status started pretty much, but versus a college a college life and the college experience, and you know being being around the field, being around the coaches, maybe winning like a college World Series here and there, um, and just being around, just having that college experience was kind of like. It, it overwhelmed the uh, Indians' offer for the time being, so making that decision was a little bit easier uh, as we looked at the two. But uh, I don't know; it was, it was still tough because uh, Cleveland did offer a lot, but it just wasn't enough to take me away from that college life and that college experience that I'm looking forward to. 
Well, I'm sure, uh, listen, that college experience you're going to have is going to be a great one. I think any young man who has the opportunity to step onto a university uh, will tell you, uh, young man or young lady, that it is uh, one of the best experiences, if not the best experience they ever had in their entire lives. And, and certainly being there in Southern California, where I'm aware your dad spent many of his years in his young life there in California, uh, kind of helped him making that decision. Uh, let me tell you, okay, so going into USC, give me some idea what your expectation is and what their expectation expectation is of course if you coming in uh, i believe you guys are going to have some fall ball there so how soon do you get started um i think we get started within the first week um at least that's orientation to the team and you know to the field and uh probably get to practice on it a couple times or throw a couple bullpens here and there but um my expectations as far as usc goes is uh just the high stakes of classes and uh you know just just having that high educational like that need or uh, wants and desires like that they're going to want out of me so I'm going to have to come forth with my my best foot forward and uh really just just enjoy it but uh I don't know I'm I'm really expecting the great campus the life the people and uh just just having a good time you know I'm, I can't wait for the experience well Stephen I'll tell you what I'm 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 happy for you uh as 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 one who I consider uh, I'm a fan as well and so I'm always looking to see some great baseball. And, and I used to be a pitcher in, in my mind. I think I could have pitched a little bit. But then again, oh. we know my mind's not too good. So <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that. Well, you know, I, as I said earlier, you know, Younger just didn't realize that there was such a thing as a relief pitcher. I probably had about two pitches, you know, oh. uh, and, and right. didn't know that, uh, you know, you could throw the ball real hard for about three batters and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and close the game out. and. And uh, and have a good life as a professional baseball player, but I didn't know those things uh, when I was young, uh, and uh, you know would have loved to play baseball. But uh, but I'm glad I get a chance to watch people like you play the game. Let me ask you of of of, of some of the things that's going on right now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, Jim told me, you know, hit 600 home runs. Uh, only w one of eight, seven other people did it in their entire baseball. You know, the life of Major League Baseball as we know it here. And yet still some people are making an argument if he should or if he should not be, um, you know, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, kind of put you on the spot a little bit. Is it, you think it's, I mean, it's only eight players that ever did it. You think it's that difficult to, to hit 600 home runs? And if you're only one of eight to ever do it, do you think he should be, I think he will be a Hall of Famer. In your mind, you think he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Oh, yes. I mean, just just being in that one of eight is is already Hall of Fame status in my eyes, and just having a personal, you know, just creating like a personal goal like that, or and having that achievement is just, I don't know, it would just be phenomenal. So I don't I don't really know why they wouldn't really keep him or put him in the Hall of Fame, but they should. Six hundred home runs is a lot, a lot, a lot of home runs, and it's tough to do so. Yeah, I think I think some of the argument is that you know for a period of his time uh, of playing, he was you know a designated hitter, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you know not playing you know all of the all the game, you know, almost like right. in football where they they don't want special teams players to be you know Hall of Famers because they only play a third of the game, but right. but still, like you said, you, you still six hundred home yeah. runs, right? Still you know, 100. I mean that's. And one of eight. I mean, it's not like, you know. Yeah, it's not like everybody's doing it. <laughs> it's one of eight. So I, I think that alone, the fact that he's one of eight. I mean, you got many people in the Hall of Fame, you know, they're probably not always one of eight. When you're, one, when you're just one of eight, period. 
There's right. only only seven other people that's ever done that. I think he's earned the Hall of Fame. I tell you what, I don't know what it's going to take for you to get there. Certainly, I think with some of those stats that you put up this uh, this past uh, summer here, Stephen, you've got the potential to be a damn good ball player. I wish that you the best in college. Uh, uh, stay healthy, enjoy college life, and uh, and make your parents proud. Hello. Oh, well. Okay. Thank you so Good much. Good luck to you. I really okay. appreciate it. Oh, no problem at all. That, of course, was there. That was Stephen Tarpley, Southpaw, on his way to USC to be to enhance that best that baseball team, make them a better baseball team than they've been in the past. Because of course they have Mr. Tarpley, uh, and of course, listen, it's not all about the money. The young man turned down money to go get his education, and he'll get the money later. But I'll tell you what, I'm 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 just so proud of him and the things that he's been doing both uh, on the uh, baseball field and and off. So uh, I'll tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna switch over now. We're gonna start talking. Uh, well, first of all, before I talk about anything, um, I gotta take a moment of silence because I don't know if those of you out there have been aware, but I'm sure you've watched ESPN the last couple days, or the last day. Let me say that, and uh, and, and you're aware of the fact that uh, we lost one of the members of my fraternity. Uh, that's a uh, former Philadelphia Eagle Hall of Famer, Pete Pete wide receiver. Uh, of course, passed away at the age of 87. And so I'm going to take a moment of silence if you will join me. All right. God bless you, Pete. I'll see you when I get up there, man. I'll tell you what, it's about that time now. It's time to talk a little football. And, of course, I'm uh, going to be joined by another one, a member of the fraternity of football, pro football, uh, Ryan McNeil. And I think... Man, I think Ryan's on the line with me now. Ryan, you there? I'm here. How you doing, Ray? Oh, man, I'm doing outstanding, man. Ryan, I, I appreciate you calling in. Of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm about to twist Ryan's arm. I've been trying to get him here on, on the Voice America Network to, of course, host his own show with us. We'd love to have him. Uh, you know, Ryan is, you know, excellent football player. Played for, was drafted by the Detroit Lions in the second round in 1993 and, of course, played for the St. Louis Rams. Uh, one of my teams, the Cleveland Browns, Dallas Cowboys, San Diego Chargers, and Denver Broncos. I'm going to tell you, that sounds like a man that took advantage of free agency to me. I'm not sure. but <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like somebody that did. But, uh, man, Ryan, everything's going well, man. We, we, we got football back. And uh, I don't know if you got a chance to, to see any of the uh, preseason games. But uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to skip this break, and we're going to talk about Did you get a chance to see any of the preseason games this past uh, week? Well, one team I'm particularly uh, interested in is the St. Louis Rams, and that's only because my uh, my cousin Lance Kendricks uh, uh, is a, a guy drafted there this past season, and uh, he did well. So, you know, he's doing the family name proud. Uh, and that's probably uh, the team that I follow the most this year. You know, of course, just like you, we got tons of friends around the league. There you go. And uh, I just like to see good football. But I'll be watching him in particular in the St. Louis Rams. Well, I'll tell you what, now, you're watching him because it's family. But are you also watching him because of the teams of which you have a strong affinity with, you know, that you play for, uh, blood, sweat, and tears on the field? Do they stand a great, do they stand a greater chance of your teams to win it, you know, win it all? Nah, uh, nah, um. Oh, really? Okay, I'll be interested, man. I'm looking at this, Ryan. Who, who do you pick above the Rams that you think, uh, will have a better year this year? Oh, it's tough. I mean, it's, it, when you retire, you know, uh, I bleed orange and green. Of course, I'm from the University of Miami, so, uh, you know, I bleed orange and green. And when I got, when I got to the pro level, Ray, it was, it became business, man. Of course, you know, it was still a little fun, but it became business, and now that I've been out for a few years, 
Um, I like the moves that uh, Philly made. I like the moves that New England made, and, of course, the Jets. Uh, so I think, you know, it's, the NFC is looking strong. I mean, excuse me, the AFC is looking strong. I think the NFC still got a lot of question marks. And uh, I'm going to go, I'm not really necessarily out on the limb, I think that if the chemistry that Belichick is putting together, the chemistry that Andy Reid is putting together works, then you may see those two in the Super Bowl. Well, you know what? That, hey, that's not a bad. That's not a bad pick for a Super Bowl game. Because as a matter of fact, I mean, you know, you know, on paper, you know, if Andy Reid doesn't win the Super Bowl, and one thing I would say about Andy Reid, you know, spending my time there in Philadelphia as a fan, going to many games, watching him. Shout out to to Rico Joseph, man, one of the great boxes that is in the stadium uh, out there in Philadelphia. Of course, he shared and allowed me to come in and watch many games with him there in in, in his box. I'll tell you what, I watched Andy Reid for many years, and, and Andy always wanted to win. He did everything he could to possibly put the best team on the field to put him in a position to win. I think he, he stayed with that consistently. Each year, you will see it. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to go out on the limb and say that Joe Banner, either he's a genius or everybody else doesn't know what the hell they're doing because <laughs> I don't know why, you know, he has that salary cap you know, he's just got it memorized. He's mastered it and can manipulate it better than anybody else because I haven't seen anybody put the kind of free agents on, onto their, or, or, you know, bring those free agents on his staff and, and within that salary cap that everybody else is working with. So, so Joe Banner, Jeffrey Lurie, and uh, the, the big fella Andy is doing an outstanding job. And so I think, and, and for Andy, if Andy gets to the Super Bowl and wins it, I've said this before, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach because he, his body of work is already, you know, if he would have won a Super Bowl, may get him. I think he's been to four NFC Championship games. This would be a fifth. And if he wins it, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach. And Belichick, we already know about him. We've tried everything we could do to discredit him, uh, what, you know, with, with Spygate and everything else, but it hasn't worked. The man continues to put, uh, you know, a very competitive team on the field. Got one of the best quarterbacks, uh, you know, in the game to ever play the game in Tom Brady. So, uh, that's a good safe pick, but, uh, but for some reason or another, I mean, and I understand it's a business. But you you got to be a fan of the game. And some of these teams that you left out that, you know, everybody wanted you to say the Dallas Cowboys so we could disagree with you. Nah, I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm mean, i a realist, too. And, 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 you know, I shoot straight. I think San Diego uh, should there you do go. well. Uh, I think San Diego should do well. Um, you know, depending upon how uh, uh, Peyton comes back, you know, you got to always count the Colts in the fray. Um Baltimore, I think Baltimore is going to be surprising a lot of folks uh, because I think they'll get back to pounding the ball and running the ball. And if their defense can hold up, I don't think they're going to have the defense they had, you know, three or four years ago. Uh, you know, everybody's uh, a little maturing a little bit. But, you know, as long as you got Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis, you know, former Hurricanes, shout out to the Hurricanes, I think you still got a great chance. Um, and and I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm I don't... No, let me ask you about that. Let me ask you, okay, you got two of, probably two of the greatest players at their position. I think they both are Hall of Famers. But Ray Ray got 16 years. Now, if you're on the other side of the ball, let me ask you this, Ryan. Would you think about, instead of trying to run around him or away from him, which will allow him to pursue the ball, and he's, his feet are still good, but wouldn't you think it would be better to try to pound Ray and maybe it might have some wear and tear on him over the nah. years? 
he still got gas in the tank, man. And, and you know, I know him. I've seen him. Uh, and uh, and for what I'm hearing, that must be some diesel know, fuel he operating on, man. Cause yeah, he, he long time. He can go for yeah. a long time without he, filling up. <laughs> he, he still got gas in the tank. I know he mentioned that if they win it this year, he may retire and stuff like that. But that's just you know things that he gets uh, says to himself to motivate him. You know, uh, I think he's still got some gas left in the tank. I think Ed is healthy. Uh, I saw him this all season. Uh, he's feeling good, looking good, moving around well, and uh, I think they're going to be okay. The other two teams I may throw in the mix is uh, 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 New Orleans Saints, and of course, you know, I'm living here in Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. I think they got a, a excellent team, excellent young quarterback, and uh, a team on the rise. I mean, collectively, offense, defense, coaching staff, management. I mean, they're a team on the rise, and, you know, they seem to be doing things the right way, and it's been working out. And uh, and that's really about it. You know, the teams that, that catches my eye, I don't I don't see anybody else, you know, making any noise right now. Let me ask you about Detroit. I mean, Detroit, I, I know the big fella just came out this year. You know, of course, he's got, uh, I think, a knee injury, ankle injury, something like that. No, right. we know he, he missed uh preseason game going to be out for a little while but you think Detroit could turn around at least I mean that's a competitive conference and division that they're in nah, uh, but you I think, think they can muscle yeah Green Bay is too strong and not even a wild card for the Lions you don't see the wild card nah, coming out I, I, just, I just don't see it because Green Bay is too strong I think Minnesota is going to do something with Donovan back there and then you know I think Cutler you know with another year on his belt uh, with Mike Martz, I just think it's too strong. You know, I think they're gonna do well, but the teams in front of you, if you if you have a, let's say, you know, plus three games this season, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other teams are gonna have probably just as much as plus three games this season, and so I just don't see them making up any ground. I just don't. Yeah, and and you know, uh, and I agree with you. It, it, that conference of which they're in is is just is so hard. That, that that division that they're in is just so hard for them to try to make it out. I certainly don't think they could win it, but uh, you know, plus three for them that would be good for them. I think they were what last year. I think they won like maybe six games, seven games, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure. Yeah, you know? I, but 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 I I I like Detroit. You know, it's it's, it's a city. It's kind of like New Orleans. You know, how everybody was was pulling for New Orleans. You know, after of course Hurricane Katrina came through there, and it's just like everybody wanted to see them win. And of course, you know what's happened to everybody's economy, but particularly Detroit. I think Detroit just needs to, the whole city just needs something to kind of rejuvenate them. And believe it or not, I was in Cleveland when that happened. I mean, the city was in bankruptcy, and and the Browns started winning, and next thing. You know, everybody's, you know, I don't know, new businesses must have started. Economy got better, came out of bankruptcy, and, uh, you know, won a few games and got a lot of people excited. So I, I'm hoping Detroit's just one of, Detroit is like America, you know, like they think Dallas is America's team. I think Detroit is, is one of those things like that. Let me ask you something. Um, of course, um, you know, I just uh, shout out to a young man again, Stephen Tarpley. I just passed over a note. I wanted to uh, give him another shout out. But, uh, of course, you mentioned something about the U. And I, I really didn't want to go there right away because I want to stay on some college football. I mean, I want to stay on pro football. But we are, of course, going to talk a little bit uh, about some things that have been going on with, with, with the U and and uh and the original the the ohio state university <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of, of both of those but but let me ask you something here i, I want to talk about uh, uh the ohio state university but not really university a young man terrell Pryor, who is uh, of course uh, waiting to find out if he will be eligible for the supplemental draft according to and and, and last time i checked before i logged on uh no decision had been made yet. 
when you think about that, Ryan, here's a young man who made some mistakes, but is now looking for an opportunity for employment. When you think about it like that, this is a this is a job. This is a young man who's trying to go out and get a job. Uh, do you think that's fair to permit? I mean, to to make it to the point where he's not permitted to work in the National Football League? Well, I, I think uh, all sides try to make sure they dot their eyes and cross the T's. Um, I think you know he will eventually be eligible. Uh, uh, and uh, when is the draft? The draft is this weekend? Well, the supplemental draft, I, I think uh, they're supposed to make a decision tomorrow, so it could be tomorrow. But they can they can postpone this thing, I've told. I think there's only about four or five guys that are eligible for it, and I yeah. think he would make either the fourth or the fifth or the sixth, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I just think that they want to make sure that, you know, all the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, and that, uh, you know, subconsciously, you know, uh, or not, you know, consciously, you know, they send in a message, you know, telling the kids, hey, uh, when you're in college, uh, you know, you know, don't make knucklehead decisions and, and, and don't make mistakes because some of your mistakes can cost you. Fortunately for Terrell Pryor, he, he has a tremendous talent. Uh, and, yes, does he need a few years of, uh, you know, maturation in the quarterback position? Probably so. Uh, but, you know, uh, kids his size, his speed, his arm strength don't grow on trees. And so he's going to get an opportunity. And I think, you know, the process is going to be drawn out maybe a little longer than he would like, uh, than most folks would like. But I think he'll get an opportunity to play in the NFL. Um, there are other opportunities out there. Of course, we know the UFL, Canada. But, you know, he's a, a NFL caliber quarterback. You know, not NFL caliber football player, NFL quarterback. NFL caliber quarterback, and I think he'll get his opportunity. Well, you know, it's interesting that, that you say that because, at least from my observation, one of the things that I've been concerned about has been his arm strength. And, 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 and you know without a doubt that, you know, you being in the league for, you know, umpteenth years and, and knowing that the money ball is that out, if you can't throw that 15-yard comeback, you know, and if you can't throw that, throw that quick slant on the money, then I don't know if you can really make it in, in, in this league that we know as the National Football League. Of course, that, that will mean that his career will be NFL, not for long. But you think he really has the arm strength to, to make those money throws? For everything I've seen him, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, 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 here's the flip side of that. Now, you can have uh, a strong arm, but if you're going to have timing, mm-hmm. it don't matter still. I know, uh, you know, I grew up with a lot of quarterbacks coming through the league that had you know, real strong arms, but they didn't have touch and they didn't have timing. So it really didn't matter. You know, either they, 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 they throw in a rocket before the guy come out his break or after he come out his break, and, you know, either one of those don't count either. So um, I, I think he has enough, you know, uh, to, to be in the league and be in the league for a while, you know. Well, I'm, I'm certainly hope, hoping that, that he gets the chance to do that. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I'm really not sure uh, what the criteria is, you know, for them to make this decision. I really don't understand uh, why there's even a consideration. You know, I, he's, he spent two years in college. Uh, I'm pretty sure after two years you can come out, you know. Uh, I, I'm just not sure. I think it has something to do with some type of circumstances of which uh, they must identify uh, and and then make a decision. But I think everybody has a right to work. There's one thing about the National Football League that's no different than any other place of employment, and that is there's a certain skill sets that's required in order for you to do the job, and if you don't have it, then you're probably not going to get the job. So if he's got the skill set that's necessary, I think he should at least be given the opportunity to to go to work. That's just my opinion. You know, I'm I'm not sure if it's if it's the right or if it's the wrong, 
but it's raised, so I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna keep it like that. <laughs> no, and, I understand, and 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 I, and I have to tend to agree with you, Ray. But I because I think if I'm not mistaken, I read uh, either a few weeks ago that uh, the Ohio State University said that he would be ineligible for the year anyway, and I think that was one of the criteria that the NFL mandated is that somebody that was ineligible, you know, had a hardship case. Uh, due to injury, something like that. I forgot they had maybe three or four criteria, and I think uh, him not being able to play at the university was one. And I think Ohio State said that he would be ineligible for the year. So, um, so yeah, I, I, like I said, I think it'll be resolved uh, fairly soon because uh, there's a lot of eyes watching. You know, sports fans and non-sports fans are watching this and how they handle that. So, I think they'll make the right decision. Well, you know, now that we're we're, we're talking about fans, you know, we might as well go ahead and open it up you know, to talk about, you know, fans. And, and of course, fans, you know, love college football. And, and of course, there's some people who like college football who don't like pros, and there's some who like pros, but they don't like college football. But, of course, you know, the majority of players that make it to the NFL, they start off in college. And it appears now that college is, is no longer amateur football, but it's professional football and everything except name. And, and now these conferences are growing. There's TV contracts. It's all about money. And and let's not disguise it and call it any other for any other reason than that. Uh, so when we talk about that, there's some issues that I understand that the U is facing. You you probably know more about it than I do, or maybe we know the same amount, and that is very little. Uh, but of course, you attended the university. Uh, tell me a little bit about your experience and how surprised you were at these allegations uh, that have been brought up against the university. Uh, well, you know, you're always surprised. I mean, uh, I think the the biggest surprise for me is that, you know, we haven't been competitive the last, you know, four or five years, uh, you know, like we're accustomed to, and that's the biggest surprise, being an alumnus. I think that, you know, any time you uh in the limelight, and we've been in the limelight for, you know, uh, going on, you know, two and a half, th- three decades, uh, you know, there are going to be some allegations, and I think, you know, school is handling it properly. Uh, and right now it's just the inquiry, you know, um, you know, allegations and inquiry. And so once, you know, that's done, it's finished, and I think the proper parties uh, speak on it. I think, you know, our program is in good hands uh, with Al Golden. had a chance to spend a considerable amount of time with him uh, this past summer uh, on a golf course and, and just uh, chit-chat and talk about X and O's and just general, you know, his philosophies on how he, sees building a football team, you know, not only for this year, but for the long term. And, uh, and I think, you know, he was a good pick. You know, I hate to see Randy Shannon go. Uh, Randy was a senior when I was a freshman coming into university. And so, you know, he knows uh, the family ways, if you will. And uh, he helped raise me. And so, uh, but he, just like everybody else knows, at the end of the day, it's about uh, wins. And uh, we didn't win enough uh, for the powers that be, and uh, they decided to make a change. But, I think that, you know, uh, going back to your original question, you know, the allegations and uh, the speculations that are out there now, I think that, uh, you know, they'll be handled properly. You know, whatever comes up and comes out, you know, they'll be handled properly. I don't think it's going to derail our program. I think uh, Al Golden got a good sense of direction of where he wants us to be and uh, when he wants us to be there. You know, of course, being an alumnus, you know, I want to win the national championship every year, you know, national championship every year. Uh, is that realistic? Probably not. Uh, but I think we're going to be more, much more competitive this year uh, than we were uh, before. You know, ACC is not the SEC, but still is competitive. And uh, and I think you know we headed in the right direction. And so at the end of at the end of uh, December, you know, 
will definitely know uh, if uh, if I'm right or not. So uh, I'm, I'm putting it out there that I think we'll be competitive. We'll be fighting for uh, one of the spots in the ACC championship. And uh, and after that, you know, who knows what, what can happen. Well, one thing I will definitely say is, Ryan, one thing that I've noticed about the U is, is as you said, uh, they haven't been as competitive, let's say, in the national rankings and, and it participated in the BCS Bowl games. Uh, give me some idea if you can, if, if you can, from for what you think that reason might be. I mean, it's come on, in terms of a recruiting trip, if you take a recruiting trip to the U, I'm sure it's going to be like you know going to you know I, I'm wondering why Arizona State isn't uh, you know doesn't do better because I mean if you take a trip out to Arizona, it's like wow, especially if you're from the hood in the Midwest like me, you know. But but I decided to stay there uh, in, in in Ohio and go to the Ohio State University. But why do you think that some of the elite athletes are are not going to the U like they like they used to. Of course, you guys are still turning out some pro ball players, but you're not in that you know contention for the national championship games. Well, well, here's the deal: we never really relied. If you go back even to Howard Snellenberger and Jimmy Johnson's days, we never relied on uh, uh, a 4A recruit, 5A recruit, things of that nature. Actually, you know, those weren't even in existence then. Uh, what they relied on was their the eye test. You know, they relied on. Uh, they they relied on uh, can a kid play? If I put on some film, you know, can this kid make plays? Is he a football player? Period. You know, they relied on the internal staff uh, and their own gut, and uh, and sometimes you kind of can get caught up in the in the in the ranking systems of kids coming out. Uh, now. Uh, I will go what do you think they this. start? Do you think they started doing that because before, when they were picking the ball players on the eye test, watching film, you were you were winning games, right? You know, and, 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 and so well, you know, as you well know, sports is like you know it's a copycat industry. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's going to try to figure out uh, what Green Bay ate for pregame meal. You know, <laughs> and they they're going they're going to copy what you know they did in the off season, so on and so forth. And the same thing with uh, college football. If you see a competitor, a comp- opponent, you know, gain an edge, you're going to find out what they did and how they did, and uh, you may want to emulate that. But I think that uh, what we went away from and what you see a lot of teams that have, you know, a real good, rich history, pro, uh, college, or high school get away from, you have uh, quite a few talented individuals, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, that's great. You know, we can always have a pipeline to the pros because guys are just that good. But you playing as a team, that's what we did the best, you know, uh, when when I was there. You know, I think I lost maybe four or five games in five years. Right. We won two national championships, uh, two number twos and one number three. And so, you know, it's only now that you appreciate all that excellence when we was there because when I was there, we took it for granted. I'll be honest with you. We took it for granted, but we played as a team, and I think that's what you're missing a lot of times in uh, uh, in these colleges, high schools, and sometimes it's pro rankings. And that's why I was saying before, if the chemistry is right with the Pats and the chemistry is right with the Eagles, it's gonna be they're gonna be tough to beat. And I think that's what we've been missing these last few years is that chemistry. You know, everybody fighting for one another, uh, all for one and one for all. And I think that hopefully. With uh, a new coaching staff, a new regime, you know, he infused, you know, a lot of that thinking, that philosophy back into the guys. And uh, honestly, we didn't care who got the sidelines, who was interviewed after the game. The only thing we, we worried about or cared about was winning, you know, beating the other team on Saturday. And, uh, and, 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 and we saw and we felt the success, you know, grow from that. 
And now keep in mind now, when I got there in 88, we had just won a national title. So they didn't need Ryan McNeil. You know, they didn't need a whole lot of people. You know, my class was, just to get an example of the guys in my class, Steve McGuire, Lamar Thomas, Michael Barrow, Jesse Armstead, Darren Smith, uh, Daryl Spencer, Coleman Bell, and uh, who else? Horace Copeland. The guys that I named, those, they at least played at least four to five years in the NFL. Oh, yeah. those guys alone, and many of them played more. So, so oh, no doubt, I'm, I'm grateful to the U. I, I finished my career with the Cleveland Browns, and thank God that y'all got y'all got Bernie out of Ohio and got him down there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I'm, I'm thankful for the U. You know, and I and I even remember my days at Ohio State. You know, I played against uh, O.J. Anderson. You know, and uh, exactly. O.J. was was running about right. Yeah. So you guys have had a tradition that's going on for a long time, and I just I just was hoping that it would get back to that point where you know when you're talking about contentions for a national championship, we will. that the we U. Makes yeah, his way will. back. Yeah. yeah hey, we will. well, listen, Ryan, man, I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate this call. You calling in and taking time out of your busy schedule. Again, I'm going to say I want you here on the Voice America <laughs> Network. I'm going to do what it takes to get you here. But uh, right now, I'm going to let you go, man, let you enjoy the rest of your day. We're going to have to take a break. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix and living like it matters. I'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Coastalcoastmixtapes.com
listening to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in finish living like it matters. I'd like to take this time out, of course, uh, uh, to thank uh, my man, young man, Stephen Tarpley, uh, for, of course, uh, making that decision to become a USC Trojan. The Southpaw will be pitching for the Trojans starting uh, this fall. And uh, hopefully you have a successful career because I need some tickets, you know, to get into them baseball games. So uh, look forward to that. And take it easy on them Buckeyes if y'all end up playing them at some point in time. And, of course, I also want to thank a member of the fraternity of the National Football League and, and safety and cornerback. I tried to do a little bit of both of those two back in the day. Ryan McNeil was on with me and Ryan and I. Ryan from the U. And I, mean, I want to see the U return uh, to that state of excellence of which their program had uh, sustained for so many years. Right now, I got my hero, the man who, of course, is uh, one of those responsible for me being in the media and, uh, and, and, and providing commentary as it relates to sports. And that is uh, Henry Clay, of course, out of Philadelphia, spending some time and covering those Philadelphia Eagles and, and the NFC uh, period for me. Uh, Henry, man, of course, there was, uh, I think we came out of that game, no hiccups, no bumps, no bruises. Uh, I think the Eagles must have felt pretty good about coming out of that uh, uh, preseason game. What You tell me what they feel back there. Well, first of all, uh, I'd like to begin with a uh, sad note. Uh, legend for, legendary player Pete Pios of the uh, Eagles from the late 40s to the early 50s lost his battle to ALS early this morning. And just so the folks will think we're not crazy, uh, we're also taking a little baseball this evening. Your Arizona card, uh, your Arizona Cardinals, Diamondbacks, Arizona Diamondbacks from just up the road, Glendale, are making their only appearance here at Citizens Bank Park. First of three between the two best teams in baseball. Uh, now back to the Eagles. Andy shocked everybody yesterday after the morning practice and said, "We are out of here. We're done. We're leaving Lehigh." Uh, and was it planned? Nobody will ever know because, you know, Big Red keeps everything close to the vest. But last year, after such a grueling period up at Lehigh, uh, some of the players, they would, if you would ask them if they were tired at the end of the season, they would just give you a long stare, like, uh, what do you think? So I think Andy saw that the guys had worked very hard in a few days that they were up there. So they did break camp yesterday instead of tomorrow. Uh, and if you remember when you played for James David Ryan, uh, he used to say the day after camp was always the toughest day because guys were getting families in, getting spouses situated. So I think that giving the day, the guys today off, they will, uh, prepare in the morning and go to Pittsburgh for a game against those Pittsburgh Steelers, which is always a tough assignment for any football team, and then come home and begin the countdown to the regular season uh, across the street at their training facility. Well, Henry, one thing you said there, and, and I think the league has taken the... Um you know, the league has taken some action to make sure that those guys don't give you that same look that they've been giving you in previous years all the way back to my days of looking dead tired after the season or, of course, after training camp. Because training camp this year was a little different in terms of the amount of contact and the amount of hours on the field and things of that nature. So we shouldn't expect the team to come out of uh, you know, those camps uh, looking tired. As a matter of fact, I thought everybody, as I watched these preseason games, 
I never saw legs so fresh in my life. I thought the game was faster. I thought the speed picked up a little bit. I thought guys, and, and, and I there was some missed tackles, but it wasn't that sloppy. Absolutely. Uh, well, you remember, of course, I covered you when you guys were having training camp out at Westchester University. Those some of those afternoons were just absolutely brutal. Yeah, so much humidity, so much humidity out there in on the East Coast. And I remember one great player, and you know who I'm talking about, used to hold out every year. <laughs> you know, after after we uh, after he went on, and he's now a broadcaster. I can, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Quick has uh, uh, he has a, a formula yeah, for we success. Know I put people's names and <laughs> secrets out into the street. Well, let me just call it quick playing. quick six. Let me just call it quick six, and everybody will know what I'm talking about. But listen, I, I mean that was he was one of those guys that perhaps maybe made it hard for uh, coaches and 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 trainers and and league management uh, to say that you needed to put X amount of hours on the football field to be not just good but to be all pro caliber because mike never came to training camp and made all pro all the you know just about every year he played that's right he told us one day we were sitting in the uh press dining club across the street and somebody said mike how come you held out every year he said i even took less money more years than you guys would like to know just simple i didn't want to go out there and suffer through the heat in westchester right Right. And so, Mike, uh, you know, uh, you know, and again, if you do your research and perhaps maybe if they would have and, and which they that's what this bargaining session was all about. Players were at the table negotiating with management about how they were going to improve the football game, but yet still how they were going to take care of their bodies physically and not compromise the game. And, and Mike Quick could have been an example if it ever was, if they ever needed to look for one, is how can you justify that you could still give us a great product with less time on the field? And they could say, uh, Mr. Sabo, could you please roll the film? <laughs> and they could show that's, you, you know, that's all right. Mike Quick. I can understand a longer period for the young guys. First of all, they left the good cooking of mommies. They went to college. Now they're here. They are where they're on their own, and they have to develop their own uh, way of going about. This is a business. This is not sitting at mommy's dining table and going to high school. This is not going to uh, college where you have advisors and what have you to guide your every moment. Here, it's you either play, play well, play hard, or you are, you're pumping gas somewhere. Yeah, you're right about that. And they didn't, they, their whole lives that they spent getting prepared for this opportunity, uh, they didn't hope that the end result, uh, would be that they would end up pumping gas. So with that being said, the rookies in training camp this year, who has looked the best to you and who has surprisingly been a little disappointing to you guys in this rookie class of ball players here with the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, I, I don't think the rookies have really, uh, Showing what they're going to show, I think that because this was more so of a training period and an orientation period, I think after they get the second game Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers out in Pittsburgh, and they uh, come back here to uh, to the facility across the street, I think you're going to get to see who's learned something 
and who has not learned something. So to say this guy looked good or that guy looked good uh, today would be unfair both to the Philadelphia Eagles and to the players because I don't think, well, first of all, you never show everything in training camp anyway, but I think this whole first few days up at Lehigh was acclamation of the players to each other, to the coaching staff. Remember, we have a lot of new coaches on this team. Uh, so I think after they get a couple of preseason games under their belts, then we will really find out, A, who has learned something, and B, who, has wanted to, who wants to take their game to the next level of an NFL player. Hey, and you, you said something about some new coaches up there. If I'm not mistaken, you got a coach on that staff by the name of Howard Mudd. Am I correct? That is correct. And let me tell you something. In my opinion, Howard Mudd is one of the best offensive line coaches that ever coached in this the National Football League. Howard, of course, uh, was on the staff for many years uh, with the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, helping Bernie Kosar and Marty Schottenheimer be successful up there. Uh, three uh, AFC Championship games of which we couldn't get past Denver. Uh, then he went down there with Peyton Manning, uh, Tony Dungy and those guys, and of course, uh, a couple championship games they didn't win, but then they finally won the Super Bowl. Tony got that Super Bowl. And, and then, uh, you know, because of business of football, uh, Howard stepped out of the game, and, and now he's back with the Philadelphia Eagles. I will say this, in my opinion, uh, even though we have very um, two very mobile quarterbacks uh, there in Philadelphia, I don't think they'll have to run around for their life as much as they have in the past because Howard will come up with a scheme that their quarterbacks will be productive, and if those offensive linemen know how to move some butts, there'll be some open holes for the running backs to go through as well. And, uh, of course, Jeremy Macklin, uh, just a little update on him. He did go back to St. Louis where his home is for some kind of medical testing, which the Eagles have downplayed uh, from day one. Uh, his brother held a press conference or did a conference call out in St. Louis yesterday, and he says if he's going to be fine, the re- one reason they thought that he wanted to go home was his father is a doctor out there, and whatever tests, that he has to take, uh, that he would just be more comfortable if his father gave it to him. Well, you know, and that's 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 such an inspirational story right there. You know, Henry, the fact that the young man's dad is 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 a doctor, and, and so many times you don't hear those type of stories in the National Football League, particularly about the African American ball players. Their stories are always, you know, uh, they're from very bad neighborhoods, or or from a single parent family, or or they were brought up without their parents, their grandparents raised them, or something of that nature. So it's really inspiring to hear a young man with a great story like that, and and has got a foundation to turn to. To, uh, to look out for what's best for his health because my generation many times athletes weren't allowed to get second opinions and even when they were you still were a little bit hesitant uh, to get that second opinion but you say he's gone back to St. Louis as it was reported and we should expect to see him back have they said anything about what exactly uh, is his illness uh, no and quite frankly knowing him and in the fact that he is a doctor, his father's a doctor, you know, doctors never tell you anything. <laughs> that that sounds like a man with some experience the, there, huh? Uh, that's part of the profession. <laughs> you, you, they come into your room, and believe me, I did quite a, uh, quite a bit of time in, the, uh, in a hospital room in the all-season. Uh, they come in, they say, you're doing this, this, and this. We're giving you that and that and that drug-wise today, and they're gone. 
Well, you know what that's all about, don't you, Henry? Do you want me to tell you what that is? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. It's, 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 the, it's the great words of Allen Iverson. Practice. Doctors, are they practice medicine. <laughs> they don't perfect it. You're talking about practice. So that, that's the reason why they, they can't get it. But listen, let's talk about some more practice. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to come back. Obviously, you know, the, the whole thing about two a days have kind of, you know, that's the thing of the past. They're going to come back, of course, uh, and, and be at that great facility they have down there in South Philadelphia. Uh, what do we expect as, as this season progresses? They continue to practice. Uh, do you think Mike Vick's going to play the second and third game? Uh, he's going to pick up a little bit more time in his next preseason game. Play more yes, in the third will. one, and and we're going to see. Are we going to see so, a lot of Vince Young then? I think again, and, and I'm guessing uh, what's in Andy's head. But if he follows, uh, if he follows the uh, history that he has set here, uh, Michael played the first quarter. Vince Young will play the second quarter. Uh, Kepp will play the third quarter, and then it will be they've got a couple of young kids that they're looking at. They'll play the fourth and final quarter. Uh, going up against Pittsburgh will be a good test for both of their quarterbacks who actually have a shot, uh, to A, to make the team, and B, to be productive in this season uh, with the defense that they will be facing out in uh, Pittsburgh on the Thursday night. I tell you what, going to Pittsburgh too. Pittsburgh, you know, uh, you know, Tom and I wasn't too happy about the way they performed last week. So, you know, Big Ben, they get after Big Ben, and uh, he's not too happy about that. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a. Ex- we should expect a pretty physical football game up front in the trenches uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but let me ask you this: now, this this is what everybody wants to know when it comes to Philadelphia Eagle football. Uh, of course, uh, you know, long gone has been Donovan McNabb. Uh, we don't miss Donovan. Uh, we we don't. Uh, Kevin Cobb's been gone. We we don't miss him, uh, but we did miss Djak. You know, for a day or two or three or four or five. But he's back. How, how's how's Deshaun looking out there? And and what do you expect from him this year? Uh, well, he there was a long pass from uh, Michael Vick to DJ, and uh, let's put it this way: a couple of deer out in the woods behind the practice facility. I were awakened from their nap. <laughs> was he going that fast? He was going that far and that fast. Wow. So so you're saying the arm strength of Michael Vick has not been compromised, you know, not, over the years. He still no. he, he can still throw it a long way and he still cannot throw out throw the speed of DJ. No. And well, I think that you're going to see well one one of the one of the uh, criticisms of Mike Vick, which they have worked on, even though they said they weren't telegraphing information to these uh, workout sites. They had a couple of workout sites here in the Delaware Valley, but they were um, <clears throat> during the work stoppage. You know, a carrier pigeon would fly over uh, the center across the street and end up in New Jersey. And, 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 suggesting, and suggesting what they should work on I assume. Uh, yeah, that's the, we have very smart carrier pigeons here in South Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. Uh, he was, uh, one of the things that he worked on in those workout periods were, was getting the uh, football out quicker. And if you look at him, he is getting it out quicker. And that one will keep him from having to run for his life and give the receivers time to really get into their, uh, get into their routes. 
which I think will be a major, major accomplishment if, in fact, it does carry over to the regular season. Yeah, and one thing about that, you know, that that's as as we were talking earlier before you joined us uh, on the show today, you know, we talked a little bit about that fact that, you know, timing for a quarterback is extremely important and, and getting the ball out, of course, and getting it to the hands of your receiver uh, so they can do something. Of course, uh, Ryan McNeil, of course, uh, uh, great safety uh, and cornerback uh, in the league for a long time. Uh, he and I were discussing that. But, yeah, if, if Mike can do that, if Mike can hit his receivers on stride in between seams, the Philadelphia Eagles are a very, very dangerous team. Let me ask you this. Before we go, Henry, uh, is, is, it, is it Super Bowl or bust for the Philadelphia Eagles this year? Uh, yes. And, 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 and Super well, Bowl or bust, but, but Super Bowl or bust does not mean like like I think it does for, for Jack Del Grio. If, if he well, doesn't win, he's out there. Andy's, Andy's job is safe, but in terms of what, what the fans are expecting, what, what the Eagles are expecting, what Jeffrey Lurie is looking for, what Joe Banner expects, what Andy Reid expects is to be you know, playing in that Super Bowl in Indianapolis for the NFL championship. Uh, that would be correct, and I can tell you how excited there's a young lady who has never said, I want to go to the Super Bowl, I want to go to the Super Bowl, all the years that I've been going, she's already saying, when are we leaving? Well, i tell you what, that sounds to me like that's my daughter who wants to go to the Super Bowl, because she's already told me, hey, Dad, I think we're going this year, and I want to go, so... I guess me and you both better get some tickets, Henry, because I guess what? I, th- well, I think they're going to be there. On, we're going to be standing on a cup to take up collection. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Henry, it's always good, man. I always appreciate it when you call, and I tell you what, I look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds good. Same time, same place, and always same station. Okay. Hey, hey, everybody, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a great show. I, again, would like to uh, say, send my blessings out to P. P. Hosa's family. Great man, great football player. We're going to miss him. Stephen Tarpley, just win, win, win. Of course, Ryan McNeil, thank you for joining me, my brother. Can't wait to get you here on Voice America Sports. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.